was Martin Noakes with Building 7. Martin Noakes was the opening act there. This is Chris Steiner, your host tonight on Liberation Station Radio Show. And we're talking 9-11, this soon being the 17th anniversary of 9-11. And the official government story doesn't hold water. More and more holes are being punched in it as time goes on. More and more folks are awake, and uh, more folks are uncovering more evidence as to how the official government story could not possibly be true. We don't know all the details of what happened, but we know that the government isn't telling us the truth in so many regards. It's a fairy tale. And uh, before we get on to our guests to talk about that topic, I'd like to announce on the next show next week, we will have joining us Bev Harris of blackboxvoting.org. She was featured prominently in the HBO documentary, Hacking Democracy, came out in 2006, won an Emmy Award, and covers how there are voter irregularities quite so often. Um, this has been going on ever since the uh, inception of computerized voting hackable voting and why we should uh, go back to hand-counted paper ballots, I'm sure everyone can agree, rather than crying, oh my gosh, it's the Russians or it's the Israelis and, uh, who are hacking our elections, and uh, not to doubt that, but why don't we just close up all the gaps and prevent the election system from being defrauded, from us from being defrauded. Why don't we get back to a legitimate government? Because we certainly don't have a legitimate government as long as we don't have honest elections that, where we can recount the votes if needed. And next week, Richard Gage of Architects Engineers for 9-11 Truth, the founder and head of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth at ae911truth.org will be uh, joining us for a pre-recorded interview for uh, at least a half hour. So if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, we can pass them on to Richard Gage and uh, see what he has to say about your comments. You can reach me through the website at theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. And just click on the contact slash about or pardon me about slash contact page and you can find my email there it's chris at the liberationstation.com or just uh, type into the form you don't need an email address from which to send your message just by typing into the contact form you can send me a message and we can pass it on to richard gage also on the website at theliberationstation.com you can join us in the chat room and listen live online through this listen slash archives page. I see we have a couple of folks joining us. You can stay anonymous if you like. If you just have something to add, you don't feel like calling and you wanna see what others are saying in the chat room as well, go to the listen slash archives page at theliberationstation.com and there's the handy player there as well. So you can listen and chat on the same page and all the other listening options are there as well as the uh, tune in app for the Apple iPhone and the uh, Android app and the uh, call in numbers and all this, the five stations on which you can hear us. And uh, 
please uh, give us a donation of whatever you're able to afford on the homepage. Just click on the donate button, and I'd really appreciate it for a little bit of inspiration and keeping the show going. Matt, you've got a lot of background noise going on, sweetheart. All right. Well, without further ado, we have Trina Maria joining us tonight, and as as well as Matt Van Slyke. Uh, are you with us? Yes, we are. Hi, Chris. Hi. Thanks for joining us. And uh, just to give you a quick introduction before you take it away, uh, you're you're both with. 9-11 Truth Action Project, 911tap.org is the site. Trina Maria is the board is a board member and a organizational development leader at 9-11 Truth Action Project. And Matt Van Slyke is the word worldwide vigil for 9-11 Justice Project Leader. The you'll tell us about the uh, worldwide vigils for 9-11 Justice that, that are coming up. This, nine, this September 11th, 2018, including nearby here in Tampa, Florida. So uh, go ahead, uh, Trina, You start. let's start with you and uh, tell us what uh, 9-11 Truth Action Project has been up to. Oh, well, hi, Chris. Thanks again for having us on tonight. We're really honored to be here. And um, You're welcome. Thank you for all your hard work. Uh, you're welcome. You too. Right back at you. I know you're doing a lot for the movement and for truth in general. So that's that's very much appreciated. Just wanted to um, let everyone know out there that we will be holding, uh, as part of our worldwide visual project, we will be uh, uh, having uh, a visual here in Tampa. And uh, it will be on September the 11th at starting at 4.30 p.m. until 7 p.m. at the, the Light Gaslight Park in Tampa at the corner of 300 East Kennedy and 300 North Franklin Street. So I hope that everybody will come out and join us. All right. And, uh, oh, oh, well, a little bit more. I guess you want to know a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Give us the times and uh, at Likes Gaslight Park, what we'll be doing out there, or talking to people, yeah. uh, holding signs, maybe giving out paperwork. All of the above. Uh, all of you be uh, leading a candlelight vigil. Uh, we'll be starting at four thirty and gathering and meeting folks that want to show up and come. We'll be holding a candlelight vigil with a moment of silence at five twenty p.m. Uh, that's a significant time for those that know that Building 7 fell. And um, at 5.30, that, at 5.20 p.m. that day on September the 11th, back in 2001. So we will light our candles at 5.20 with a moment of silence. And then we'll be gathering there until 7 p.m. Uh, with our signs. Uh, hopefully people that are driving by will see them. And... Uh, We'll be handing out flyers and educational materials uh, regarding the work that the Lawyers Committee is doing, and I think Matt is going to speak to that. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're planning on doing, and hopefully engaging some people in conversation, uh, letting them ask us questions, directing them to pertinent and educational websites. 
where if they don't know about 9-11, they can certainly look into it. Yeah, I think everybody seems to suspect that the government hasn't told us the truth. And whether they let it happen or participated in making it happen really doesn't matter. They're just taking our rights and using our wealth to attack other countries. 9-11 is the name, lame excuse for the 9-11 wars. So that's why this is such a foundational issue, and we need to continue to educate on it. And uh, us being in the McDill Air Force Base broadcast area, I really hope that a lot of the troops will understand what's going on. Um, you know, they, they might have joined for a noble cause, but I don't want anyone, especially the troops, to continue to uh, be gullible uh, if they feel like it's a just cause. And, you know, Sun Tzu, the art of war, says that an army can't win if they I'm, I'm sorry. Let me try to call in the station. Mm -hmm. Do you read me? Uh, yes. You want me to no, yeah. you? Let me Did get on. The, this is uh, Chris. Let me talk on the phone here and reconnect on Skype. Okay. Do you read me? Yes, I'm hearing I'm, a bad echo, though. Yeah. yeah. Let me, uh, let me let me try, try to, to figure this out. Sorry, sorry about that. I guess I just, just dropped just the line. Get out, and I'm on the phone now. All right, folks, right. you read me? Yeah. Good. 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 All right. Thanks, John. The last thing I heard you say was you were talking about McDonald's Air Force Base in our uh, reach area there. Yeah, yeah, just uh, good you didn't miss much. It was just that uh, Sun Tzu in The Art of War says that an army can't win when they don't have morale. So that's the issue with um, us going to so much uh, military, mechanized military, you know, the drones and computerized military are, are being um, depended on more and more because like, perhaps the, the troops are in short supply. Well, um, let me try to reconnect here on Skype and... Uh, and see what's going on, uh, but um, uh, Matt, now uh, I'll let you take it away while I'm doing that. And uh, you're the this is your, your the project for the uh, worldwide vigil for 9/11 justice at uh, the 9/11 Truth Action Project is your idea. And um, tell us the, how how it came about and uh, uh, how big it is. Other other events, other vigils around the country the September 11th. Thank you, Chris, for having us on. I first want to just say, say to those who are afraid to speak out, speak be out, not please. afraid. It's on everybody's mind. And that it, your speaking is going to make all the difference in this pathway that we're taking together. It's, uh, it's really quite amazing when you think about it that the science and the logic behind what we're saying is 100% accurate. 
many institutions in the government have been compromised because of 9-11. The culture has suffered. Faith in institutions is at a rock bottom. If we're going to restore this republic of ours, we have to go to the source. You've got to speak up. It's coming to court. Thankfully. Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. All right. I, I, I'm uh, kind of, uh, you're breaking up a little bit, Matt. Uh, could you speak a little louder into your phone, please? Sure. How does this sound better? Yeah, yeah, it's much. Better. All right, just pick up where you left off. So how did I, how did I get, get the idea? Um, I don't really take much credit for that, honestly. Um, you know, vigils are not a new idea. People coming together for a unified purpose. And that's something that people have been feeling isolated long enough. We're finding each other. And what a place to find some, to find each other. And with a vigil, the candlelight procession, it's a good place to start. So that, to answer your question, Chris, about the scope, we're so far, we have 18 cities committed and a couple dozen more will be coming soon. So uh -huh. here yeah. we go. Yeah, here we go. And I just want to jump in there and just say to your audience and the listeners that this is a very significant year for the truth movement. Um, the work that the Lawyers Committee is putting forward, if everyone could go to LC4911.org. It's F-O-R. Yes, thank you, Matt. All right. Thank you. Um, okay. You well, now I'm on Skype again. You can find there with all of the me? exhibits, 57 exhibits, that the Lawyers Committee presented to the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York on April the 10th. And as Matt said, uh, they will be filing a mandamus action on September the 10th. Well, I didn't quite get there, but that's, right. what, that's yeah. what will happen, yeah. Mandamus. Okay. I, I hear you now. I'm, I'm back on Skype. Pardon me. Uh, I'm having all these issues here. I think uh, I can hear you all right. Do you read me? I can hear you. Excellent. Well. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's an internet problem, um, but uh, who knows where the problem lies? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. To, sorry about that, folks. Um, I'm trying to master juggling between the the phone and getting back on Skype and getting off of Skype here. Um, yeah, the, it's in a you know popularity of 9/11 has really increased over the years now with. Uh, over 3,000 architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth at ae911truth.org, as I mentioned. Uh, and the number just keeps growing. Um, more and more architects and engineers are standing by the uh, narrative that Richard Gage is putting forward and explaining the physics of 9-11 and the various documentaries they've been putting out over the years with increasing information. 
So, um, yeah, you know, it's it, something's got to give here, and uh, and you know, I, I'm surprised that we haven't been given more 9/11 investigations by Congress, as we were promised. The 9/11 Commission investigation was supposed to be just the first one of others. And yet uh, we haven't heard of any others. So um, now you uh, you're talking, Matt, about the uh, lawyers committee for 9/11 inquiry inquiry at uh, LC4FOR911.org. That's LC4FOR911.org is their site. And uh, explain to us what have they been doing and uh, uh, and starting on April 10th and leading up to uh, the writ of mandamus that they're planning on September 10th. Yeah, that, that's for me, I suppose, this question, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's true. Like you said, Chris, on April 10th, the attorneys, the lawyers committee, as we call them, or the LC, they filed a petition, 52 pages, 57 exhibits inside, most of these exhibits, the ones based on science and physics in particular, have been uh, tended to by the architects and engineers from Island and Truth. And in fact, our organization, we are the outreach resulting from spinning off about two and a half years ago. So this is our, our first nationwide debut coming in with the vigils. Back to the attorneys. These 57 exhibits are available online. LCFOR 911.org And if you read through them, it's astounding how convincing they are. And I don't think that given that most of us have not and formerly truthers, now we're justice people, that we did that for career purposes. So we're in a different era now. I think the, mm -hmm. the, proper, the proper way to see, in a very simple way, where we are compared to the previous 16 anniversaries. Like Trina said, this one is unlike all the others. I mean, there's actually something that's being done about it in, in the courts. However, the courts can't ignore what we're doing. And that's why we need to get out there and let them know how we feel about this. Yeah, well, tell us about those 57 exhibits. So uh, what has been discovered? Uh, either of you can take this. Uh, what's, what has been discovered uh, over well, the in years? Essence, and, in essence, if, if, if one goes back and looks at those two towers coming down, and also Building 7, which was not even in any of the reports, we, we essentially got three cover-up reports yeah. up until 2005. <clears throat> oh, we did. So you're saying there there were three 9-11 uh, commission reports? No. 
There's one by the commission, 9-11 commission. Theirs came out in 2004. Um, 2002 was the first one. And I, I'm not real clear on this. It may have been a CMA, FEMA, but I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But none of them, none of them spoke to Building Seven, 47 stories tall. It went down at free fall, near free fall acceleration. No plane hit it. There were some small office fires in a few parts of the building. When it went straight down, 520, which is when. Ken Living has happened on the eleventh in the Bay Area. Yeah, that, that seems to be the smoking gun, Building 7, that many folks don't know is the third building to collapse in the World Trade Center complex. And it, was the, it wasn't hit by anything. It was the uh, building furthest from Buildings 1 and 2, which were hit by planes. Um, Matt, uh, I, um, Matt uh, don't breathe in the phone, please. It, it sounds like it's oh, a little sorry. bit of a... It's, yeah, no problem, okay. just a little bit of static. There you go. That's good. And so Building 7 wasn't hit by even falling debris. Well, they say it was. That was the excuse. And But, you know, you can see Buildings 4 and 5 were hit by falling debris uh, to much greater degree where they, were, they had huge gashes and gouges out of the sides, and yet they didn't fall. But Building 7 had sporadic fires throughout it, and it uh, collapsed straight down free fall at near free fall speed pancaking down and uh you know as i said it was the building furthest in, from buildings one and two in the world trade center complex and you have jane stanley reporter for the bbc reporting that it collapsed before it had actually collapsed you have aaron brown first reporter for cnn who did the same he reported the same the building seven has collapsed before it even collapsed and you have the local fox five uh, affiliate for fox uh reporting that building seven had collapsed before it had collapsed and you can see in the background of all these reporters building seven and you know and aaron brown is is kind of puzzled jane stanley being skyline so she just reported the news with a straight face teleprompter style but uh aaron brown you know he's familiar with the new york skyline so he's looking behind himself and saying uh well or it's it's collapsed or it's about to collapse oh there it goes there and then he reports as it is collapsing later on so uh you know they were given scripted news how did they know building seven was going to collapse and why did they report it you know, I think it was Jane Stanley reported at 20-something minutes before it had actually collapsed. Well, you know, all these different news outlets are being given scripted news. They're owned by the multinational corporations to report uh, whatever, the, you know, whatever the official story is, and then folks will just repeat it, not actually believing their lying eyes when they open them up like we do. So, uh, do you have anything to add about Building Seven, either of you? Well, a couple thoughts. Uh, thus, it is explained 17 years later 
why mainstream is still not covering it. And what they're really covering is their own arsenal. You know, the CYA all the way. Yeah, and there were there were many videos too showing firefighters walking away from the building and people walking away from Building Seven, saying, "Let's get away from that. That building's about to come down." So uh, they knew about it. They had advance notice. Uh, those on the ground there. And so that's among the uh, the, the firefighters or uh, the video of that during and after. That's part of the. Uh, lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry Evidence? Yes, it is. I believe so. I believe uh, some eyewitness testimonies. And we also don't want to forget about Larry Silverstein, who bought the complex, who's on record saying we had to pull it, meaning Building 7. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can also check out uh, Firefighters for 9-11 Truth and Unity at ff911truthandunity.org it's linked up on the homepage of the show website at theliberationstation.com so folks can see that there's a group of firefighters as there is for uh, the architects and engineers the attorneys pilots uh, military brass former military brass uh, you can find it uh, patriotsquestion911.org and .com that's patriotsquestion911 911.com and .org. I think that's the single best website that references all these different professions, um, pilots and aviation professionals, professors, 9/11 uh, survivors and family members, uh, medical professionals, artists, entertainers, and media professionals. Hundreds and hundreds in each of these categories, um, and they are. There are overwhel the overwhelming majority. You won't find anybody uh, in any group that's supporting any group uh, that compares to their numbers that supports the official government story. So yeah, and I'd uh, like to go back for architects and engineers in that regard. There's a lot of um, uh, institutional or um, trade pressure. Um, they're, you know, they're they, 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 they've had a booth at uh, AIA, American Institute of Architects, you know, annual conventions for years and years. And, and uh, I think it was 2013, they had the members who attended the national convention or the international convention. Um, there's several questions every year that they ask attendees. We're all licensed professionals, and they asked, um, "Does do the events of 9/11 merit another investigation?" And I think the first year it was two or three percent said yes. Then it went to four percent the following year, and then the next year it went to eleven percent. So apparently, pressure was brought to bear down on AIA because the next year people were told that they had to sign the document and had to reveal uh, their, their city and state, I think it was, and mm -hmm. it went down to like 
oh, went back down to 4%. You know, the pendulum was swinging in the upper direction. But then when folks were asked to or required to put their names down, it went back down to 4%. I think it's very telling in a few ways. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So that was very difficult for them. Put A and E on their heels, and it's understandable, unexpected mm-hmm. turn of events. But it's an indicator as to the pressures that are being brought down. From well, Matt, I'm getting a little bit of a background noise and uh, um, scuffling or ruffling of your phone um, in between uh, sentences or in between words. So um, maybe if you could back off a little bit, please. Other than that, you sound all right. Okay. Uh, maybe pull your microphone back a little from your mouth a little bit, Matt. Yep. We're getting a lot of back, bunch of background noise. Or, or maybe mute when you're not talking, possibly. Sounds, sounds good. Okay, thanks, sweetie. Sure. I appreciate you so much. Uh, yeah, to expand upon that, we have a friend of ours that's in the truth movement. She actually went to one of the museums in Washington, D.C., and she took her daughter there. She's six years old. And right when she walked in the front door, there's actually like a neon flashing sign or how they project words on a, on a wall with a projector screen. And it says 58% of Americans don't believe the official story. That's actually in a museum in Washington, D.C. 58% of us don't believe the official story, and I have to believe it's even probably much higher than that. So the point is, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? Uh, The 9-11 Truth Action Project mission is uh, to create a groundswell of civic support and to create truth action groups in our local communities all around the country and over in other parts of the world as well. Uh, We are a worldwide uh, grassroots organization, so no one is excluded. And there are many other countries a lot more privy to the information than Americans are. And I just want to say that the, the truth movement is the peace movement. And by being a part of the truth movement, you become very patriotic. Because what is patriotism in this country? It's standing up for our country, right? So that sure. would mean if we were, have been given... Uh, a pack of lies surrounding 9-11, most Americans should be really concerned about that. But the problem is uh, Americans have been uh, brainwashed some ways to think that being passive and doing nothing about the situation we find ourselves in is acceptable uh, when it's not. Yeah. Because the tentacles of 9-11 are growing in a deep, uh, even deeper and uh, it's very evident every time I fly anywhere. When I see 90-year-old women or 90-year-old men in, in wheelchairs being subjected to raising their hands above their head, when on a normal basis they can't even do that, or a baby's diaper being checked. I mean, we as yeah. Americans are allowing this to happen Yeah, on, the, our, on our watch. The tourism sabotage agencies doing their job quite well, and yet they're the ones uh, most of the time won't catch uh, a bomb. 
I'm sorry if I was yelling, too. I hope Run I didn't come across as yelling. I was trying to talk over the noise. Do you read me all right, Trina? Yeah, I can hear you great. I was just hoping right. I wasn't, didn't seem like I was yelling because I was just trying to talk over <laughs> no, the noise. You sound fine. Yeah, I, I hear you fine on my end here. So, okay, uh, yeah, you, you know, we, we have the, uh, you get your freedom funnels from the Tourism Sabotage Agency. That's another one of the side benefits of uh, going through, yeah, of 9-11. You know, we have the rollouts of these uh, millimeter wave scanners that fracture your DNA. If you, if you choose to go through them, of course, I would never do that. But, you know, you're going to suffer some genetic damage as a result of this uh, anti-terrorism theater. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that most folks don't believe the official 9-11 story. I, mean, I remember back uh, good uh, over 10 years ago, 84% um, in a Gallup poll didn't believe the official story. Uh, it's very similar numbers with the Scripps Howard News Service polls and, and other polls. Um, where it's, it basically comes out to a third, at least back then, uh, back around 11 or 12 years ago, uh, about a third of the folks think the government was involved. About a third of the folks don't believe the government story, but they don't know what happened. And about a third of the folks believed the government's official story. So with all that momentum, you'd think that we'd be able to have changes in policy. And yet we have the war, 9-11 wars continuing. Um, and, um, you know, with Trump, uh, let's just play a clip here real fast. Uh, you know, with Trump saying that he thought that there were explosives in the building on 9-11. Um, would we happen to have that uh, clip ready in the control room? If you do, go Good ahead. Good job. Chris, you know when this occurred? Uh, on the morning of 9-11, um, let, uh, let me double check with uh, the control room here to have this clip played um but uh yeah on the uh on the morning of 9-11 donald trump was interviewed and uh he essentially was asked well you're a uh, building magnate you, you know how buildings are built uh you know should is this normal for these these uh, the world trade centers to have collapsed and he said no that there must have been explosives but we haven't heard anything from trump since then well while um we uh, let's see if we can get that clip to play, but uh, that that puts it in a nutshell. Um, yeah. But uh, doesn't both sides uh, Trump have passed the baton? Let's just add that that both sides yeah. of the aisle have passed this baton back and forth now, going on 16, 17 years. So uh, both sides are complicit. That doesn't Trump own the the crimes of the previous administrations, just like Obama yeah. owns mm -hmm. what happened under George W. Bush and. Yeah, yeah, we have the the con continuity of agenda, and yet you know you, you a lot of folks expected uh, Trump to not want to attack Syria from his uh, 44 tweets before he was elected. <laughs> you know, you know it's funny. Um, up on the website, uh, I'll just mention real fast. Uh, I was I was glad to have joined with some friends uh, when George W. Bush was. Uh, after he uh, was after he left office and he was at a book signing tour uh, in the villages in, in Sumter County, a retirement village. And uh, it was for his book, uh, Decision Points, I believe is the name of it. Anyhow, 
he um, we we protested him. It didn't go exactly according to plan. Uh, one of the uh, one of our friends, uh, one of the four of us, uh, decided to just speak up and be disruptive. We had planned to bullhorn from a distance, but it didn't turn out that way. And yet, uh, you know, I, when he raised his voice, I decided to whip out my sign, the Patriots Question 911.com sign, in front of everyone, and uh, not be disruptive, but just hold up the sign. And Good for I, you. Good for you. Police started to escort me away, <laughs> but uh, you know, before that, I hadn't said a word, and they they decided, oh, you're with him, you must uh, be taken away now. So that's when I did uh, just shout out twice, PatriotsQuestion911.com, and um, so uh, yeah, when, when it comes to paid. right, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, Matt, you're right. Uh, well, you know. I'm surprised too, um, but uh, you know they they had no idea of knowing how many people were videotaping it. Afterwards, the uh, Secret Service said, "Well, we just want to make sure that you're not a threat to former President George W. Bush." So um, he said, "You know, he, he was uh, well aware of 9/11. Uh, 9/11 was uh, underway when he was sitting." in the in the uh, classroom reading to children in sarasota and uh, andrew card his chief of staff goes up to him and says that uh, america is under attack a uh, world trade center has been hit he continues to read after that normally you would think that well the president would jump up the secret service would escort him away to safety because his itinerary was already known it was already published the day before. They knew if, if there was a terrorist attack out from outside forces, they would have known that, oh, well, the president is going to be at this elementary school, and uh, so let's uh, attack the elementary school. Well, he just continued to, like I say, read to children, and that proves that he knew that there was no threat uh, there would not have been a threat on his life and the secret service knew the same thing which otherwise you know, they would have done it done their job and taken him away so you know when we told the secret service that they looked at us they they said oh, okay that that's the point at which they said okay you're free to go because they didn't want to hear any of that stuff but yeah we we captured all that on video as well but um you know have if you, you want to see have you seen have you seen the video? Oh, of, there's uh, a the lot of information uh, out there, and, goat. you know, we can speculate until the cows come home or terrorize until the cows Trina? come home. About, yes? Uh, Trina? Trina? I'm sorry, Matt's, Matt is speaking. Matt? Oh, I couldn't hear him. I'm not saying a word. Oh, the other Matt. Maybe the Matt in the station. <laughs> Somebody was uh, just shouting, it sounded like. Who was that? Somebody Matt in the needs. background? <laughs> This is Lou Welge, and I'm a truther. Oh, it's Trina Hello, Trina. <laughs> I guess Lou's Lou. Lou, oh, well, I'm sorry. Nobody let us know you were on the phone here. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> well, welcome, Lou. Uh, th yeah, thanks for joining <laughs> us. I, 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 uh, I check out what you do on on uh, Facebook pretty often. All right, what were well, you saying, you. Lou? The book that B uh, Bush and that classroom, and I thought it was Tampa, we're reading was called, was entitled the pet goat, and in the call and response to the black teacher, 
uh, had with her predominantly hear him. black he silence. Uh, students. Yeah, we can hear him. The words that were repeated were chilling because I don't remember all the words. Well, but maybe you and I can talk, Trina. Must, <laughs> yeah, well, we're still in the middle of the were radio three show. Three of the words. Am I talking over yeah, you, I know, Trina? I know. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah I'm here. sorry. Okay, we have some audio issues here. And uh, Trina and Matt, were you able to hear anything uh, remotely? No, what Lou was saying? it sounded like he was underwater. He's far away. <laughs> yeah, Lou, uh, get, up to your, uh, get up to your phone there. Okay. Hello. I'm am, closer am, now. Am I, now I hear Claude. Am I? Okay. I didn't know <laughs> my mic was on. I'm listening. Well, better? we have a roundtable conference call here, and I wasn't let, I wasn't informed, so <laughs> you can hold. Okay, just uh, first um, go ahead, Lou, and then we'll introduce Claudio Marty. Oh, great. It'll be good to hear Claudio. The book that was being read in the classroom in Tampa I can't was hear entitled The Pet can't Goat. And the teacher, in her call and response lesson with the children, the vocabulary words were chilling because they were included plane, must, hit, uh, you know, plane, yeah. must, hit. Those were three. It was, it's, it's Orwellian. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Kafka-esque. It's, uh, it's diabolical. It's, uh, hey, Chris. Yeah. It's yeah. It's stunning. a, it's a terror, it's a terrorist, uh, type of terroristic, uh, strategy to try to, um, and make this uh, more of a, mind control uh trauma-based mind control events and impact them for longer so that they the folks so that especially the children there won't question what happened um or that's the, that's the aim at least um well go um we have a uh, claudio marty on the line here and uh he's with i am the face of truth and claudio um if you can um, let us let us know what uh, which you've been involved in these many years and uh, the I am the face of 9/11 truth and getting folks's uh, profile pages to include that theme. Well, the the theme is a is a marketing campaign and hello to everybody here, Trina, Matt, and 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 the host. Um, not sure if we know each other yet, <laughs> but we should. We should. We all should get to know each other very, very well and get on the same page at the same time so we don't bump heads and we work a lot more efficiently. But, yeah, we've got a marketing campaign, but one of the things that we're doing our best to do also regarding marketing 9-11 Truth is to organize and to get to know each other and to communicate with each other and to use our time wisely. Uh, the clock is ticking. It is no longer in our favor. They're taking down uh, YouTube channels, YouTube videos. Uh, there are a lot of great advocates like Mario. I forgot his last name. I mean, he was a great advocate on uh, social media, on, on Facebook. And uh, they banned him. I mean, and he would just bring up, you know, he, he would get another full, uh, Facebook page and ban him again. He was a target. He was, I guess, too effective. And uh, but that's it's it, we're being filtered like never before on social media in general. And uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's like it's like we, we we've been saying lately, once someone knows the truth, the lies no longer have power over them. So what we need to do is make the truth more popular than the lies. And uh, that's that's another you know part of you know marketing. You need to market. You know, they, they, you know, when you turn on the TV, you know, the media machine. 
is a marketing campaign. It is not news. It is a marketing campaign, and it is relentless. And it's a brainwashing marketing campaign. And everybody's got their scripts. Everybody follows their lines. Uh, who's the bad guy this week? You know, there's always some drama. And, um, and now I'm getting all these pop-up windows that, that uh, tend to <laughs> distract the living daylights out of me. But anyway, sorry about that. Um, but uh, like I said, that, so we need to combat that marketing machine. And everyone doing a little bit and a lot gets done. So we, we, um, we ask everyone to show, show because we're in show business. And uh, it's our show versus theirs. And um, um, I keep getting these pop-up windows. I'm sorry, I'm being distracted. Um, Trina, 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 don't send me stuff. <laughs> Trina. This is getting out of hand here. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's, I guess you, let you were me. on a conference call, and I wasn't expecting this. Uh, let's, uh, last five minutes here, let's play that clip of Donald Trump, as I mentioned. Okay. Staying, saying that there must have been explosives in the building. So, control room, please go right ahead and roll that. Donald, you're probably the best-known builder, uh, particularly of, of, of great buildings in the city. There's a great deal of question about whether or not the damage and, and the ultimate destruction of the buildings was caused by the airplanes, by architectural defect, or possibly by bombs or, or aftershocks. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it was an architectural defect. You know, the World Trade Center was always known as a very, very strong building. Don't forget, that took a big bomb in the basement. Now, the basement is the most vulnerable place because that's your foundation, and it withstood that. And I got to see that area about three or four days after it took place because one of my structural engineers actually took me for a tour because he did the building. And I said, I can't believe it. The building was standing solid and half of the columns were blown out. I mean, so this was an unbelievably powerful building. Uh, if you know anything about structure, it was one of the first buildings that was built from the outside. The steel, the reason the World Trade Center had such narrow windows is that in between all the windows, you had the steel on the outside. So you had the steel on the outside of the building. That's why when I first looked, and you had big, heavy I-beams. When I first looked at it, I couldn't believe it because there was a hole in the steel. And this is steel that was, you remember the, the width of the windows of the World Trade Center, folks. I think, you you know, if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow. And in between was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through the steel? I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded almost simultaneously. Because I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Most buildings are built with the steelers on the inside around the elevator shaft. This one was built from the outside, which is the strongest structure you can have, and it was almost just like a uh, like a can of soup. You know, Donald, we were looking at pictures all morning long of that plane coming into uh, building number two, and when you see that uh, approach the the far side, and then all of a sudden, within a matter of a millisecond, the explosion pops out the other side. Right. I just think that there was a plane with more than just fuel. I think, obviously, they were very big planes. They were going very rapidly because I was also watching where the plane seemed to be not only going fast, it seemed to be coming down into the building. So it was getting the speed from going downhill, so to speak. Uh, it just seemed to me that to do that kind of destruction is even more than a big plane because you're talking about taking out steel, the heaviest caliber steel that was used on a building. I mean, these buildings were rock solid. And, uh, you know, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's, this country, 
is different today and and it's going to be different than it ever was for many years to come very profound statement and very true all right well this is uh, the liberation station radio show we have we we have one more hour to go here liberation station radio show at the liberation joining us is trina maria matt van slake lou wilge and claudio marti talking about this upcoming 17th anniversary of 9-11 and progress we we're making in exposing the official government fairy tale for what it is please stay tuned be right back
And welcome back to the second hour of the August 28th, 2018 edition of Liberation Station Radio Show with Chris Steiner. That's me, your host. The website is theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. The song we just heard is Free Bee Gees doing 9-11's A Lie. I know it sounded like the Bee Gees, but if you want to check out the lyrics, you can pretty revealing pretty uh straightforward hard-hitting truth in those lyrics with us we have tonight trina maria matt van slyke lou welge and claudio marti all on a conference call so that means that the call-in lines are free if you'd like to reach us here at 866-826-1340 that's 866-826-1340 and local is 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. Now, well, let's get back to after uh, the last hour we played Donald Trump saying that there must have been explosives in those World Trade Center buildings on the morning of 9-11. He said that. So we haven't heard any mention, uh, no re- reiteration or retraction of that from the president since then and uh i'd like him to ask though who put those explosives there i don't know if we'll ever find the answer but um let's get into some more of the science of the thermite thermate if anyone on the line would like to uh, comment on that and i forgot to mention by the way that uh, trina maria and matt van slake are uh, scheduled guests are with 9-11 truth action project that's 911tap.org. And um, let's uh, let's get into some more of the science of 9-11 coming up on the 17th anniversary. Would anyone like to take the issue of how the buildings were brought down, what types of uh, explosive science uh, has been yeah, learned? I'd like to say something regarding that. Um, when mm-hmm. we, when, uh, when, the, when the planes, yeah, this is Claudia Marty. When the, gotcha. when the planes hit, we, I was still living in Brooklyn. And uh, we had a great vantage point from the uh, the rooftop of our brownstone building. And uh, by the way, the, the brown the, all of the rooftops were packed with people. I mean, it was a, it was like I, I wish I took a camera because it was one really dramatic scene. And so you got all these people on you know on their roofs, you know, watching the towers, you know, burning, and talking, you know, all the neighbors talking, you know, amongst each other. And then suddenly, the, you know, somebody says, "Hey." You know, because I was talking to somebody, and, and he says, hey, you know, look, you know, and everybody looks. And then we, we're watching the towers come down. And we were, like, screaming, you know, you can imagine. And uh, But we set, all said explosions. Oh, my God, they're blowing it up. They're blowing it up. You know, we've been constructing. You know, you know, my, what was that? You, you, were, you were traumatized as we were all traumatized hear by that uh, false flag attack. Lou, it sounds like you're, you're speaking loudly, but you're in the distance. Can you get closer to the microphone? Let me go get off speakerphone here and say that, yes, we were, we, we, were, we were traumatized as a nation and individuals, and, and we're still suffering post-traumatic, uh, uh, post-traumatic uh, d- disorder effects of that trauma, this is really and it's evident by uh, cognitive dissonance. The primacy effect yeah. when 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 people hear an explanation uh, for a uh, traumatic event, 
the first thing they hear from an authoritative voice is usually accepted. It's called the primacy effect. Oh. And, uh, and so the government, you know, putting out the false, the big lie, as the Germans, uh, you know, Goring said at the Nuremberg, uh, you know, got people to believe that it was 19 Arab hijackers and four hijacked planes. And, oh, it, it, and, and back to the, the explosives, it, it, they're actually incendiaries. Thermite and thermate are incendiaries that burn like at, what, 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit, 4,000? And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, hear him, it, they can't. steal, melt. And, uh, yeah, and Stephen no, Jones, no. Uh, no. the great Christopher Bolin, you know, who Claudio had at our crazy. conference in Orlando. A yeah, few years yeah. Uh, pardon me. Excuse me, uh, Lou. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. He's I'm not going to shut up I, for one. I, I, Sorry. I just, I just, pardon me, Lou. I just want can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear okay. you, Chris. All right. Yeah, it seems that the other uh, call, the other guests here can't hear you. So would you mind hanging up and calling into the studio on a different line and uh, see if we can uh, hear you better? Okay. Uh, what is that number? I'll write it down. It's 727-441-3000. Oh, well, that's the number a, I'm calling. Yeah, all the call, all the, I know you're on a conference call with uh, another guest here, but... Uh, the, all the uh, call in line, the two call in lines are at the top of the website at thelibrationstation.com. That's thelibrationstation.com, and you can uh, see that see the call in lines on the upper right corner of the uh, banner there. And hopefully, we can hear what you're saying. I can hear you fine. It seems that the others can't hear you. Stephen Jones and Matt Lou, can you would you mind yeah, calling in, I'll, please? I'll try the other line. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Just to finish up on what we were saying, this is before we knew we before we knew it was thermite or anything. I'm talking about that day, that moment. We're watching these towers come down. We all said explosions. They were they were blowing them up. And then when the second one uh, came down, we would it was obvious to us. It was obvious. Like I said, you know, we've got a you know I'm a, I have a um, a construction background. I know how robust buildings are built. We used to level buildings, stuff like that. We had to move beams. We know, you know, how robust the building is, especially in New York. And because let me tell you, you got to work really hard to move a beam. I mean, Lord have mercy. And uh, but the, uh, so so when they, when we're watching them come down, we also said this. You know, few of us said twenty planes could hit those buildings, and they would be still. You know, they would still be standing. We said that that day, but of course we turned on the TV and then we got brainwashed. But that's before the thermite came and all of that. You know, we just, it was our instant reaction, just using our common sense. We said they're blowing it up. Never in a million years would we think of the pancake theory, which is complete nonsense. And, um, but uh, that's, you know, so I just wanted to say, you know, from eyewitness, you know, and, and then how people reacted instantly, you know, from, from, from being there. You know, we said explosions. And, of course, you know, then uh, the, the people that were on the ground there, you know, said they, they, that's what they heard. William Rodriguez, you know, uh, uh, they, there was explosions in the sublevels before the before the first plane hit. Donald Trump was using his common sense, you know, speaking up right. just like a regular guy regarding building construction. He was using his common sense and his experience. And uh, but right. of course, so, you so know, we have these the folks. We have yeah. these folks, like you mentioned, uh, just hold that thought real quick, Claudio, is that we have all these folks who no, have I'm, come I'm, forward. I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty much done regarding that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm listening. So we have William Rodriguez, who was the janitor in uh, 
oh gosh, I think it was building two. Um, and, uh, he rescued, uh, some folks getting them out of there and, uh, just barely dove under a fire truck and, uh, took shelter before the building collapsed. And then he was dug out. He, he, so he we have folks over, like, yeah, he saved over a hundred, over a hundred people. He went to the white house. He was in, a, he is an American hero. Yeah. And then we have Barry Jennings who, uh, was, uh, later died under, uh, <laughs> under suspicious circumstances, but, um, yeah. you know, he, he was, he, uh, you know, in, in building seven, he, uh, was reporting that there were folks who had just, uh, you know, lying around dead, um, before the building, of course, before the building collapsed and it looked like, uh, people had just left their food. Uh, they were in a hurry to run away. So, uh, it's, it's, and then, uh, yeah, the, the so that was Barry Jennings. That was just uh, surprising how, um, how uh, you know, he was interviewed uh, by um, Jason Burmis, who did uh, Loose Change, Loose Change, and uh, Fabled Enemies, another good movie on the subject of 9/11. And um, you know, shortly after that uh, interview with with um, Jason Burmis, uh, Barry Jennings died, and. So, uh, uh, but, you know, speaking of Jennings, uh, Rudy Giuliani told Peter Jennings that he, that Giuliani was forced to leave Building 7 because it was going to come down. Well, he needs to be asked, how did he know that? You know, we, we know that uh, there was a Tripod 2 drill going on. Um, and, uh, you know, so anyhow, uh it, we have these folks who who leave breadcrumbs, and uh, we we may not have folks who committed the crime, but we we have witnesses to the crime, who have come out let's, and let us know what actually did happen. Is that Lou back on the line? Yeah. Well, Trina, let's not forget the Bobby McIlvain Act too. Um, Bobby McIlvain's son uh, was taken to the morgue and identified with parts of his body blown off. Uh, before the, the impact of the, pl the impact of the planes or the towers coming down, so we also have that victim, uh, and his father has been pressing for the truth for all these years, and has finally gotten an act named after him, the Bobby McIlvain Act, and everyone can support that on the Architects and Engineers website. Yes, so he was another he was another victim of explosions. He was just entering yeah. the lobby. That's correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get back to the science of the explosives, the thermite, the thermate that was used, and that was uh, Lou was mentioning that uh, we. Uh, uh, oh gosh, um, <laughs> Stephen Jones, Professor uh, Stephen Jones, Doctor Stephen Jones, uh, uh, who formerly of Brigham Young University. Um, pointed out that they found this uh, unexploded nanothermite found in the World Trade Center dust. And uh, the significance of that is, is that that's how this structural steel, being much stronger than your standard, say, oven steel, you know, where you can cook brownies at, or pizza at 350, 400 degrees, that doesn't melt. Well, that's the, the temperatures that they're saying that the jet fuel fires uh, brought down the structural steel, which is supposed to withstand 4,000, uh, what is it, 3,500, 4,000 degrees, and it's you know much thicker 
Um, correct me on the if I'm wrong on that on the degrees That's there. Right. All right. Um, then we have uh, Niels Herod, Professor Niels Herod of Copenhagen University in Denmark, who also found the the uh, nanothermite. So we have the fingerprints of the explosives that were used. Uh, would anyone like to elucidate more on that? The University of Alaska has something else, too, that I have not at speed on, but that's another source. Of. Yeah, the University of Alaska conducted a two-year study working with architects and engineers, and they ran computer models and tried to imitate the explanation given by NIST, NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technology. And this is one of those cases of an agency that was very proud of a very excellent past, honest science, until 9-11. And that's when it was, it's been obvious, if you look at the tapes, look at the recordings, with the interactions between the public and a few of the spokespersons at NIST, they have been hiding the data that their only explanation comes from computer modeling. And computer modeling, is not, they had the data that generated that, but they're not sharing it with anybody. They're keeping it. And the modeling only goes yeah. until the very front of the building starts to crumple, and then their model stops. So, in essence, and they've changed their story twice under, under scientific pressure. Essentially, they've taken Newtonian physics and thrown them in, in the trash, and they've trashed the scientific process Imagine what that's doing in the trade itself. So that's just another area that shows that the corruption is becoming more and more rampant in our country. I mean, it was it was not that great before 9-11-2001, but certainly it's been increasingly going downhill. And so our movement is really to re-energize the people by bringing the light of truth and people want to be good. They want to. They want to stand up and speak and hear the truth. And, and because we know it inside of ourselves, and that fifty-seven percent or four percent that Trina alluded to before the break, it's it got to be higher than that now. Not believing it is one thing, but actually finding out what happened and then getting involved in in the now is so important, and that involves. Again, we really are on the justice phase because when when people here listening to this show go to lcfor911.org and look at the look at the actual petition to the court, which, by the way, the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York, is of September 10th, it's his last day that he's allowed by statute to turn over the petition to a grand jury, a federal grand jury. Most folks really don't know much about grand juries. That's why I've been reading about it. So we need to get this into the grand jury's hands because our founders talked about and specifically wrote the Fifth Amendment in the Bill of Rights. Speaking to the grand jury, and I like to read it. It's only about a short paragraph. All right. Would that be okay? Sure. All right. Let me find it here. I should have had a bookmark, but I didn't. 
I know what you mean. I have so many windows open here. <laughs> it's like it's such a huge field over all these many years that there's just uh, so many notes I've taken listening to talk shows and uh, then researching after uh, listening to the shows or um, watching videos. And, you know, I'm in the middle of yeah. doing something. I run and take notes. So, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. And I hear you. I, I, I read and watched videos by the dozens and read, read, read. Now I find myself really looking at our legal situation. And the founders were brilliant because they actually wrote the Fifth Amendment for the country. They, they knew that where we are would come someday. They knew it. And that's why they gave us the Fifth Amendment. And I have it here. Mm -hmm. The right against self-incrimination. No person shall be held, exactly, to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases um, arising in land or naval forces. Okay, let's skip that. When the actual service in time of war is public danger, nor shall any, here's the key, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life and limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, in the pursuit of or property without the due process of law, nor shall property be taken for public use without just compensation. And I didn't see the grand jury. Well, let us tell us about the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. Uh, as you mentioned, their site, LCFOR911.org. Um, how this petition process works in order to compel a uh, grand jury to be impaneled and look at all this evidence? Well, um, the way I understand it is that um, here I've got here it is. I did read it actually to you guys. Um, mm -hmm. Unless no person shall be held in, to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime, unless unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. So what that says is, here's what happened. Here's how the grand jury was weakened. But it's, it's the, the framers of the Constitution established the grand jury to be represented by the people, to be a, a citizen's panel of people. Right, that operate. citizens can invoke, not just, uh, say, a U.S. attorney in federal court, or in this case, a, um, yeah, as it's it's for the the, the people to imp, to so the petition written by the attorneys was handed to the U.S. attorney, and you know he is he's able to hold on to it for 150 days to in order to see what unfolds from that from that petition, and he his process is supposed to be getting ready to put a jury together. What's happened in, in 1946 is when. A lot of things happened in the race of World War II that didn't really manifest until the mid-60s. It became more and more apparent as to how we were losing our country. But this is one of the ways is that the grand jury, because of this word presentment, they said that a panel was assembled after 1946-47, and 
different federal officials. And they determined that presentment is obsolete. Well, it's a play on words. The term of presentment is obsolete, but the idea, the only way the idea can be removed from the Constitution is by an amendment to the Constitution. So this presentment is simply another way of saying the case. The evidence is, is the grand jury's prerogative. And what they were trying to do in this panel, and ever since, government and prosecutors have been trying to control what is presented in the courts. Right. So the, the Lawyers Committee is, has a great... By the way, I should say that the Supreme Court, every time this goes to the Supreme Court to try to diminish the power of the grand jury, every decision has been for the grand jury because it's right there in the Constitution, in the Fifth Amendment. So that, that's an issue just to, to be aware of and to think about. That This is supposed to be the fourth branch of government. And, in fact, I think it was Antonin Scalia wrote... That we're each, we're each, um, every citizen should be, in theory, a member of the grand jury to keep an eye on three branches of government. So we, the citizens, have taken for granted. I know I, you know, I did for a long time until getting involved here. So what Tria said is absolutely true. You do find yourself really appreciating what we have and who we are and the potential that America can be. But right now, it doesn't, it looks like, and building empire is the most important thing to the cabal is just running the show. So we have a, mm-hmm. a glimmer of hope here, and that's by bringing the truth out through the 57 exhibits of evidence in the petition itself. And when a grand jury reads those 57, I mean, they can be read right now online by going to the Lawyers Committee's website, and I'll... I'll Give uh, Trina a chance here to speak up and yourself too, Chris. All right. Well, uh, and and, uh, let's give some folks uh, the chance to call in if they'd like to reach us here. And uh, we'll go to Lou. He's back on the line. The call in number is 727 441 3000. That's 727 441 3000. Toll free 866 826 1340. That's 866. T-A-N-1340. And you can join us in the chat room, as I see a couple folks are um, just making comments on uh, the website at theliberationstation.com under the listen slash archives page, where there's also the player. You can play and chat, uh, play the show and uh, join in the chat room right there on the same page. Um, Just a couple quick comments from the chat room is that um, if there's anything to be leaked, Trump won't do it. He knows they'll JFK him, right? So that's uh, that's pretty clear. Um, now, if you could uh, continue with uh, that line of thoughts, Matt, or anyone would like to follow up with, what's going to happen on September 10th with this uh, writ of mandamus? Well, essentially, it'll be served on the 11th, and that's the first first day that they've gone beyond where they're supposed to be. The mandamus. Writ, as I understand it, it's pretty straightforward in that people in the positions have to follow their job description. And in this case, there are, there's plenty of legal precedent 
that shows that the U.S. attorney is required to turn over the petition to a grand jury. It's part of his job description. And so we are going to be conducting a very humble vigil. And then after, as we proceed and walk, we'll be able to sing if we have song lyric sheets. Depends on what each individual vigil wants to do. But we do have a guide and a number of supporting documents and activities that they can do. So we're, we have, a, you know, we have people who are being led and they're, and they're grabbing all the tools and thought that we have behind this new movement of Justice, 9-11 justice. Well, I just like, yeah, I just want to say quickly, and then we'll open it up to callers uh, to have questions. We have a small window of opportunity here, and the citizens need to really get it. When you, have, when you know you have a duty to act, there, I think there's a quote out there. We, we, we know, if we've looked at the evidence, we know something is amiss and that something's just not right, and we're, we're going down a path based on bad information, based on lies. We're not, we weren't given the facts from that day. Therefore, we're moving forward in a way that's not going to lead us to anything good. So I'll just close with that. If we know, we have a duty to act. Ain't that the yeah. truth? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is, go, that is, go is right Albert ahead, Einstein. Yeah, that's Albert Einstein. If, if, if uh, those who have the privilege to know have the duty to act, and I think that's what we're all doing here now. Yeah, well, we've gotten this far because a lot of folks know the truth and they're just so frightened by it. And I can see it. I can see how they're so frightened uh, from talking about these things. It might mean, uh, in the case of, say, a talk show host, uh, several I've spoken to when I've called, they, they're terrified that they might lose their job if they don't find some excuse to cut me or other callers off or to da dance around the issues that are brought up, the facts that are brought up. It's just so, so shocking uh, that they are, uh, they feel like they, they're, they go into panic mode and, uh, you know, they, they they do know that what you're saying is probably what the callers like myself are called to mention to them are probably true, but uh, they just cannot conceive that folks are so evil. I know that on the morning of 9-11 that I was looking at the TV, getting ready for work, and, uh, oh, World Trade Centers were bombed. Well, that means our rights are going away. I just... It was very casual to me because I was already aware of the world. I mean, I was already aware of uh, well, I, you know, the World Trade Center having been attacked in '93, but um, you know, which is part of another government conspiracy that, fortunately, did not bring it down. And uh, yeah, it was certainly uh, revealed um, that I was a you know, uh, retired Egyptian army officer uh, working with the FBI who recorded the FBI. And uh, let me pull up his name as I'm speaking, but he was. Um, he 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 was uh, he thought well, this is part of a drill he was being told by his handlers who he suspected of being with the FBI but um, when they gave him the uh, live uh, explosives and said here go park this van huh. up next to this uh, World Trade Center support 
he decided, well, I'm going to start recording them. So um, that that's where that came out in court, uh, where he protected himself. And uh, yeah, his uh, name was uh, the former Egyptian army officer is Imad Salem, E-M-A-D. His last name is S-A-L-E-M. And so I was aware of uh, 93, the FBI being instrumental in the first uh, attack on the World Trade Center and uh, the Murrah building, you know, Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, so on the morning of 9-11, I mean, I, I'm, fortunately, I was aware of this stuff, having been online since I was uh, 10 years old. Uh, par my parents fortunately got me online in 1984. And uh, so around 87, I started learning a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, a lot of this information trickled down from the Internet that became public in 91. But uh, when it was private still, a lot of these text files would filter down from the Internet that was mostly university, or at least as far as I could tell at the time, universities um, trading the information in, in the Usenet and, you know, these net mail networks like FidoNet and all these other things that I just knew that the government story was a lie most of the time. And uh, so on the morning of 9-11, it was, it was just... Um, it wasn't traumatic for me, as I'm sure it was for so many other folks. So, um, uh, you know, that's what's uh, kept me going, I suppose. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have that obstacle to overcome. But unfortunately, we have to be patient with those who, who have gone through that. And uh, when you don't have any more patience to spare with certain talk show hosts, you just have to say next, go into the next person, spend your time more wisely. Yes, Chris, indeed. you're doing yeah. a great job moderating this, in my opinion. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for joining us again. Yes, these, the, you know, Lincoln said we must not be enemies, we must be friends. It's difficult when <laughs> the perpetrators have done this and they expect us to, to just continue to swallow hear. the lie. I refuse to, I refuse to pretend that I haven't been lied to. Mark Twain said it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. Often that's true. Are you on your speakerphone, Lou? It sounds like uh, some <laughs> folks say that they can't hear you. I can hear you, but for some reason. Can you hear me stay. now? Can you hear me that's now? That's much. That's much better. What does the group say? Does Everyone hear him? Okay. I'm barely. I'm better. I'm no. barely. Something about yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, oh uh, Mark Twain was the Lincoln of our literature as Lincoln was the Twain of our politics. And Mark Twain said it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. Yeah, that's well, that is, that's often true. That That's often true. But, uh, you know, I guess it depends on who gets to the who who does the convincing first to. It's because it is so hard to unlearn a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, right. I don't give enough. The primacy give, effect. The, the primacy yeah. effect. The first, when a trusted authority figure uh, gives an explanation, uh, the first explanation that we hear tends to be accepted by a majority of the audience. And that's why the Internet is so valuable. As Claudia was saying, we're being banned on so many different platforms. It's because now we can see when a false flag attack happens. We can uh, check its validity 
and uh, you know set an egg timer and by the time it, the egg timer goes off we we can figure out whether the story was true or not and usually it's not you know the government's uh, honesty can be can be measured with an egg timer these days you know back then in the in the old days i'm saying before the internet um We'd have, uh, you know, it took decades, say, for the Gulf of Tonkin or World War One or Two to be revealed. The, the main causes for the, you know, the engineering orchestration of those wars and other conflicts. But since the internet, we can find out what's going on before, uh, you know, soon after the conflict starts or actually as it's happening. So that's why it's such a valuable platform, and folks have to support those sources they find to be the most true. And, Let me uh, jump yeah, in I... there real quick, Chris, if I can. Yeah. All right. Can I jump in real quick, Chris, on that yes. thought? Yes, yes, please. Uh, the things that you are highlighting, all of the things that you are highlighting and the way the government, our government has gone amiss and we're not getting the truth from the media, I would just like to say, say that part of the Truth Action Project's mission is creating teams of people and recruiting enough volunteers that one of our focuses, two of our main focuses in the strategic plan is to develop a truth-friendly media and a truth-friendly Congress. So if you just could let that sink in for a minute, what a different America we would have and a different world we would have in our geopolitical system out there uh, with America being one of the countries at the head if we ha here in America had a truth-friendly Congress and a truth-friendly media, what a different outcome it would be for all of us. And you know what, Trina? They know the truth. They're not coming out with it because they're afraid too. So it's all—it's what Lincoln said. Back to Lincoln, wasn't he who said something about fear? Well, FDR said, "Fear not." <laughs> Well, that was Christ, but, uh, yeah, I think that was... Oh, yeah, uh, that was right. That was right. That was Christ. <laughs> That's uh, great advice. Fear and uh, fear itself. That's our FDR. All we have to fear yes, is fear Yes, you got it. All we have to fear we is... That we, yeah, we just need to start... Those citizens of us that know, the ones of us that know, uh, we should start networking and we should start organizing and really propelling this medicine ball up the big hill. We have to push it up. Because it's going to take a lot of us to get involved to make any type of impact or create any type of change. Amen, so, sister. Yeah. 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 You know, you, you know like we, we've said so many folks agree with with us uh, questioning the official story. And um, just about a year or so ago on a local radio station, there was a segment uh, called Ask the Millennials, where there's a group of millennials in the studio. And uh, my question was, well, with all this curriculum on 9-11, what do you think? And all of them, I think it was about five or four or five of them, uh, said that, well, oh, we don't think it's true. We think it was done for different one person, one of the uh, millennials, said they thought it was done for uh, insurance purposes, like you were mentioning, Trina, with Larry Silverstein saying that we decided, to, on video, saying we decided to pull it, building, re referring to Building 7. So we have so many folks who are awake, but uh, they, you know, they, they just uh, maybe don't, they feel disjointed. So as you say, we need to talk about this well, and continue to meet with folks who are like-minded and educating each other on these things. Give each like, other. Like, this is such a big issue. We need to give each other group support. 
I'd, I'd like right, to say something uh, regarding That's this. That's exactly, yeah, you know, go to 911chat.org to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to say something regarding this. You know, uh, getting the truth out there is, is not easy when, when we, are, we are drowning in lies, and the lies are extremely popular. So that's why everyone, like Trina said, uh, quoting uh, um, Albert Einstein, those who have the privilege to know have a duty to act. Now, you need to make the truth look popular. That's where every single one of us can do something. Um, when you pass a flyer, I, I know that Ken Bavito, I think that's, yeah, Ken Bavito in New York, he posts 9-11 uh, uh, architects and engineers, these posters all over the place, you know, the train stations, wherever is legal, and some other places where they're questionable. But you've got to keep, you know, putting it out there and piquing the curiosity of the general public. Um, then you will give, you know, the, of course, you're going to peak interest. I, I mean, I was, my, my, my interest was peaked. Um, I did not know about, you know, I believe the official story. I believe that the media was responsible. And, uh, but it was people calling a radio show that had nothing to do with 9-11. They just kept calling in asking about 9-11. And then the host would say, hey, yeah, it was an inside job, you know, et cetera. And I was like, what, what is he talking? What are these guys talking about? And, and I just saw World, World Trade Center 7, the little video clip. I says, Lord, have mercy. Our government lied to us and the media co covered it up. I says, now, what, now I got to go find out, you know, you know why. And, and, but we were taken over. But anyway, but it, it piqued my interest. And I'm a marketing guy. Now I want to wake up the whole freaking planet. But that's the whole thing is that we've got to pique the interest of the general public. Not all of them are going to step up, but we just need the right ones to step up. And if, once you make something popular enough, it's sort of like the 60s movement, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, people, people will start to gravitate towards it. They want it because it's becoming popular. You will give courage to others to step up. Suddenly, celebrities are stepping up. They've got more courage. Oh, we got backup. We got the general public. It looks like this thing is taking off. You know, but that's what we've got to do, you know, and um, anyway, uh, but this is a revolution. This is a revolution of awareness. Like Christopher Bowler says, we quote him all the time because it's 100 yes. percent true. And if we don't make uh, the average person aware that they have been conned, you know, then they will continue to be conned. And our children and the next generation and the Generation X will suffer the consequences. 1984 is here. But we still have a window opportunity to stop it, you know, and while we still have rights and tools left at our disposal. But we've got to move our butts. And that, so, you know, but it's it, like I said, it's all about awareness. And we've got to do everything we can while we still can, you know, to make the truth look popular, especially 9-11. 9-11, you expose 9-11, you expose everything, especially that media monster machine. And uh, that's all exactly. I got to say. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, I, I, a lot of folks are just kind of uh, hypnotized by the media, by uh, our uh, flash-in-the-pan culture, and it's all it's all on purpose. It is. Uh, the media is having, they're having a, a, a real uh, heyday with a lot of people's heads, and they don't even know they're under in a trance. Um, one That's of the exactly things that right. has, the Truth, Truth Action Project has, is we have several different um, departments, and one of the departments is about psychological operations, and actually it's, there's a couple of people in there that worked for the, so, the Intel, quote, community. Don't you love it, the Intel community? How sweet-sounding. <clears throat> and uh, one of them wrote a, a very brief piece spelling out 
on how to how to differentiate between propaganda and real news. And he has eleven points eleven points on, on this page I'm looking at. And when you hear it or see it, it's astounding how simple it is and how folks are just falling for it. The best thing we can do to get the truth is turn off the tube, tune into alternative media, because the mass media, they're not going to do it until the grassroots are loud enough and present enough. I, I want to add something to that. We are the media. It's us. It's not the media. I mean, you turn on the TV, I said it. It's a marketing campaign. That's all it is. I'm a marketing guy, by the way. I've, uh, for the last yeah, we know. 20 some odd years, I have been working, marketing, you know, our, our businesses, you know, helping mom and pop operations online make money. I made a ton of money doing that. And now I'm broke know that, um, as an advocate. As an advocate, and I'm and I'm a marketing guy here, but I am I am that does not make me less effective. We've got lawyers that stepped up, we've got architects that stepped up, we've got all of you guys that stepped up. We all have talents and abilities, you know, and and we've got to start working as a team, and we got to start cheering each other on, and and doing everything we possibly can as individuals. So not only just you know like on this radio show and talking amongst each other, but we got to start talking to our neighbors. I'm currently right now working on uh, uh, putting up uh, free T-shirts, uh, you know, downloaded designs, so you can make your own T-shirts since uh, we have been targeted, by the yeah. way, by PayPal. But not by yeah, PayPal, we, but we're targeted by yeah. something, and pay, PayPal shut down our account. So, you know, that's what you're I mean. Marketing now. You're, you're marketing. Slow down. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm getting – no, no, I, I don't Settle mean to down. talk on top of anyone. I, I just – there's a little lag. Uh, we understand. Between. Yeah. Well, you know, Claudio, um, a lot of this uh, economic uh, draft issue is why folks feel like they need to go into the military, and and so uh, one big issue, to st one big uh, solution to starve the beast, and I've covered it on, on past show, uh, and I need to cover it more in the future, but um, we will uh, go into the uh, importance of and the mechanics of equitable commerce media so that you're not funding these multinational warmongering corporations uh you know disease causing corporations um things like community currencies all these things i'm mentioning are publicly accountable not privately owned but publicly accountable so i i think that a, a key solution is to promote and participate in community currencies and time banks barter networks and cooperatives and uh, go to swap shops and, and join with community gardens as well, even though those aren't commerce media, they're helpful. And, you know, getting to know each other, wearing your colors, like you're mentioning with T-shirts. So you, you see somebody wearing a, a shirt of, uh, of a certain um, persuasion and you say, oh, I agree, too. I didn't think uh, there's anyone who, who knew about that. And I do that all the time and you get a lot of responses and you get to network with more and more folks and stay in touch, at least get their email address and you can talk that way. But, um, you know, call in at a talk show. so we can all network together. That's why we're doing this, yeah. 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 The, the, by the way, regarding 9-11, regarding 9-11, tap.org, regarding, Trina, give me a second, regarding, because I didn't mention enough about 9-11, tap.org, but they've got some of the smartest people, you know, on that, on that team, and uh, Trina's on the board, thank goodness, and uh, she's, she's, uh, 
uh, David Hooper asked me, "What is he? You know, tell me something about Trina." I says, "She's what the this, she's what the movement is all about. You know, she's all about the truth. She's all about action, getting the word out, and so on. And she's on the board with 9/11 Top. And so um, we've got to support 9/11 Top." just like we support architects and engineers. And please look into what I Am the Face of Truth is all about. And, uh, but it's, a, it's all about teamwork, us working uh, together, us getting to know each other, and, um, and taking action is uh, an organized movement, not, not clicks. Yeah. We don't need no clicks. We need a friggin' Claudia? Yeah. And it's Claudia? everybody working together. Yes. Claudia? Yeah, we are very disciplined, actually. Um, we have a couple of uh, documents that um, require the people who volunteer for us to be, a, be in good standing with themselves, have integrity. So these are agreements that folks sign so that we know we're getting quality people and we're going to be committed to working in integrity. David, it's an opportunity for the whole country to, I, I think, personally, be introspective, really think about who we are as a people and what we're facing and how we can come out of this especially when supporting this very courageous group of attorneys. I should mention the Lawyers Committee is nonprofit, and they're public interest attorneys, and they've done this all their lives. And so right. they're not rich all men. Right. And, and all right, women. so we can donate them and have it uh, tax deductible. And uh, so, Trina, um, you, you helped organize uh, quite a few. Uh, tell us about uh, how many vigils that are scheduled for this upcoming September 11th. And I just want to announce quickly that, before we run out of time, that the Tampa vigil, world uh, part of the worldwide vigil for 9-11 justice is this upcoming September 11th from 4.30 to 7 p.m. at Likes Gaslight Park. That's 300 East Kennedy and 300 North Franklin City Hall, uh, across from City Hall in Tampa. And um, you'll be uh, there to meet with folks and hand out some uh, good information. And, and uh, how many others are you uh, are part of uh, organize? How many other vigils are you part of organizing with the 9-11 Truth Action Project? Well, right now we're standing at 18, maybe 19 confirmed locations, and we would love to recruit, recruit more locations. Uh, if, if you can look on the 911tap.org website for a list of confirmed locations. And if you don't see your city, get with us. Uh, sign up at 911tap.org. Please sign our petition. Uh, give us your email address so we can contact you, check that you'd like to get involved in action activities. I think there's a note there for others to say you'd like more information on a vigil or email us at vigil at 911tap.org, and we will reach out to you. We have flyers, we have handouts, we have posters. Uh, you'll have a network of support, and we can also help you network with other people in your city. This is worldwide, um, so I just want to put that out there. that we are, we are about helping people network and helping people organize, and that is our mission. Yay. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Thank you for Yay. being here. And I hope to see you at, at the vigil in Tampa. Please please come join us. You'll meet a very friendly group of people. 
Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to, uh, I would like to join and uh, see if we can record some folks asking, just doing a man on the street type of a survey, woman on the street ask, what do you think of the official story of 9-11? What do you think happened? Why did? Why do you think it happened? You know, just some basic questions and One take the temperature. Question. Take the temperature. And why of, it's important to ask. One mm-hmm. more question to ask. Did you know about Lawyers Committee and the petition for a grand jury? That's yeah. where the rubber meets the road, folks. Yes, it is. Yeah. Got to support the lawyers. Got to support the lawyers. Must. All right. And um, one other quick point here I'd like to bring up is that uh, on 9-11, there were 43 known drills that Webster Griffin Tarpley at tarpley.net has uncovered. So these drills, as with every, any false flag, self-inflicted wound, terrorist event they are done under the cover of drills so that if somebody is caught then they're let go and they say i was just part of this drill and so webster tarpley's done great work on uncovering these 43 drills that that mirror the events exactly as they did unfold on 9-11 well uh we're out of time folks uh trina maria matt van slyke lou welsh and claudio marti and uh the anonymous chatter in the chat room thank you for joining us Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. We hope we can have you back. We'll we'll have you back and keep folks updated here on Liberation Station. Check us out at theliberationstation.com. All take great care. Thank you, Chris.